Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. All right, thank you for joining the ESPC podcast. Which the purpose of the podcast, I always say, is to make me money. I say that because we hear so many people out there that are disingenuous and they're not giving you information, actionable information, you can monetize. Uh, We're in a $137 trillion market. So there's enough money for everyone that if we share an information, it increases our probabilities of success up to 80%, right? Because we talk here about probability theory, about uh, arbitrage, and we use business and financial concepts to make ourselves a new money. I have an MBA, securities licenses, clients uh, worth more than $50 million. Chad, call me today and I was walking because uh, sometimes you have to take a long walk after one of those meetings and I showed them a picture all the papers I had to read. And if one of those papers I read wrong or do something wrong, I'll probably go to jail. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so you have to be serious and you have to mitigate inflation right now because of uh, the pandemic. Inflation is out of control. We're headed probably for another recession, but not here, not here with us. For now, you never know, things could change. But for now, probably next year, you can bet on sporting events and legally uh, make money. Now you're saying, well, betting, gambling, no. The same way you invest in a company and a stock, the same process, same decision-making, the same way you bet on a game, you wager on a game. That's why we use decision science. Look at the back there, the 2080 rule, arbitrage. We use business and financial concepts in order to make uh, the highest probability based on what we process. So uh, perception is 50-50. So one of the biggest, uh, most important business maxim, we see it here, it's playing out with uh, Brian Flores and uh, in the league, right? With hiring coaches. And it is that if you're the smartest, toughest, person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So we got Scott and Chad uh, who have helped me this year uh, get uh, 59.8, right? Which we call around here 60%, which is 400% ROI. So you say 400%, bad inflation is probably going to be around 4%, right? So 500% ROI, 400% this year, 500% the two previous years, makes more than inflation, right? And pays for vacations and you're doing well. 
So you only do that by having meetings and every podcast is a business meeting that has a specific purpose and a specific outcome. Jim, he'll join us next week. Last week, he talked a lot about that something isn't legit unless you can quantify it. And I'm like, whoa, that's a word I live in all day, man. That's my day job, quantifying things and having results, right? Results that helps you maintain and build relationships. So to that end, we have Scott from the Northeast. He's helped us a lot with giving us, uh, it's gonna end up being a trillion dollar industry. Probably right now, I bet you there's about $500 billion in the fantasy football. So he's given us that flavor. Uh, he's an expert in it. He's probably won every league he's been in. Uh, Scott from the Northeast, he gives us regional diversity. Uh, Chad gives us uh, age diversity. <laughs> he, had, he hasn't been alive to see the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl, I don't think. <laughs> and we'll give you guys first words, specific outman purpose, right? And we got those outcomes, 400% ROI and fat bankrolls. And we're not suffering or being affected by inflation because uh, our high winning percentage winning games. We go Scott and Chad. Then we'll get into Super Bowl. We're back after a week <laughs> off. Um, you know, it's been a great year. You know, I know the Super Bowl, we're going to go 2-0 for sure, all of us. Um, I think we're going to be on the same wave, wavelength in this game. So it's tough right now. So what I'm looking at is hopefully this, the over-under goes up or down right. one way or the other. And the spread's at four, four and a half right now. Hopefully that goes up. And I think it, it's going to, as me and Josh were talking before the before this started. So, um, Absolutely. You know, I I, I think that, um, you know, we can end it off on a, on a great note. We've had a great playoff, awesome playoff. Um, and the downloads have showed, you know, people are listening, people are taking it to the, to the window. Um, and Jim last week was spot on on everything that he gave to us. So, um, so I, I'm happy, you know, the, the wallet's gotten thicker. The gas money has gotten a lot better and the, the, uh, the trip to Vegas is basically almost paid for, for me for September. So, um, so I'm happy. And I've already put in some props for the Super Bowl already, so um, we can talk about those as, as the podcast goes on. So, right. So this podcast we're going to focus on the side and the total, mm -hmm. and uh, yep. you know elements of the game. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about too the philosophy about betting in the Super Bowl because it definitely is a it's just one game, right? Yep. So the same amount of money that I bet on Washington State last night. <laughs> Same amount of money that I bet on the Super Bowl because it's just one game. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll read it straight from the book after Chad. Um, yeah, man. I, I just, uh, man, it's been an awesome season. Had a little time off, really been getting into these college hoops heavy. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited to, to break this down uh, with you guys and, um, you know, get on with Jim next week and get these props going. And um, definitely, uh, there's some money to be made on the Super Bowl, um, you know, re regardless of, of, like, just like any other game, we approach it just like any other game. We don't approach it any differently. So, uh, yep, that's all I got. Right. So, really what it is, it's uh, risk mitigation. Because, again, we have to pay for vacations, keeps our wives happy. 
uh, some people read the Bible. I read uh, the finance book from Yale University. <laughs> they wanted to use it Harvard in finance. To get my mind, you know, I thought about the Super Bowl and I thought about our definition of arbitrage, which is different than the lies they tell you out there, right? So I was reading, that's where led to distinguish between a securities unsystematic risk, which can be washed away by mixing the security with other securities in a diversified portfolio. In a systematic risk, which cannot be eliminated by uh, diversification, diversification, English is my second language, but I got it, diversification. So systematic risk is, you know, people uh, paying taxes at the beginning of the year. Unsystematic risk would be what's happening now with the Ukraine, there's a fight, there's something going on. So what you do is, for arbitrage, you bet 10 or more games. So arbitrage from the securities world. And I put these in the episode notes and I give links that people can read, right? So from a technical standpoint, what arbitrage is, is uh, buying and selling similar securities to take advantage of market inefficiencies. That's what we do picking football games. We go through the same process. These are corporations, right? <laughs> they really are. The NFL, uh, if it wasn't for the pandemic, they would have pulled in, it would have been a $16 billion company with a B, right? So they're the corporations. So you have to look at them that way and you're investing time. In, in time, people underestimate time, right? Time. It's the only asset you can't get back. You can get everything back. You can get a wife back. You can get money back that you lose or whatever. But the one thing you cannot get is time. So watching as much football as we do, we have to monetize the time. So when you think about the Super Bowl, and I get your opinion, guys, on that before you get on the game. But number one is the money's just a screen for Washington State. We'll give you the Washington State game tomorrow. We'll put it, put it on Twitter. Uh it's just a screen, right? Uh, number two is we might go 5-0 and on the sides in the totals because I already bet the under 48 and a half when I saw it going down. I might bet the over if it goes over under 45 or whatever happens half hour before kickoff, right? I'm going to listen to these guys. Uh, Jim was generous enough to provide us with some information. And then I'll make a decision on the side, but then we'll have eight props, right? You bet equal amounts on all of those. It might be 11 with a side total, whatever, and then eight props. You get six out of 10, you get seven out of 11, eight out of 11, you're doing good. Even if you go four for 11, five for 11, you got money to go bet another day. <laughs> so that's what you're doing. You're mitigating your risk, right? And if you lose something, you're not at the Super Bowl party ripping your ticket in a bad mood. Don't want to talk to anybody because you lost the side or the total. What do you guys think? 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if Jim said it here, but I know he said it on his stream on Sunday for conference championships. If you're going to bet a player prop, bet something that you, you are almost sure is going to come in. Anything right. that's 50, 50, like a heads and tails thing is not a good prop. So yeah. look at like, I'll give you one prop that I'm going to give you next Friday. Right. I put, I put a hundred bucks on the Cincinnati Bengals allowing more than 0.5 fourth down conversions. Okay. At any time in the game, if the Rams uh, get one first down, a uh, one fourth fourth down conversion successful, I win. So I put, I bet that right, right away. As soon as I saw it, I bet it um, because you know, the Rams are going to go for a fourth down. Um, it might be a fourth and goal at the like one inch line and they have, and they're going to sneak it in. So, um, so a prop like that, is more likely to come in than not. So that's what you're looking at when you do these props. And Jim does a phenomenal job with the props. He was spot on last week with everything that he said um, on right. a Friday night. So, you know, I listen to Jim and, and Jim usually gives us some information on the props and stuff like that. And I look at it and I take out the props that I like. So I'm going to, this weekend, this Super Bowl weekend is a heavy prop weekend. It's, it's more heavy props a bet more. So, this weekend coming up than any other weekend in football. So, um, so that's what, that's what, how I go about it. So. Right. Yeah. And also and, there's, there's, there's more prop bets for the Super yeah. Bowl than you would get for any other game or, or at any other time in the season. So you have a lot uh, bigger board to pick from, to find these props. That's why there is value in the props in the Super Bowl versus the regular season. Um, yeah. Also, for me personally, well, the, the prop bets work kind of similar to, to favorites and the totals and the fact that they usually all trend upwards. Um, you know, so if you're if, if you do like if you do like in in um, in under, you probably want to wait because it's going to go up. Um, right. If you, you like an over for someone, you probably um, want to bet it now as soon as yeah. you can. I will be approaching it myself prop wise i will probably be betting two unders to every one over i will be a little more under heavy or looking for my what i think the best unders off of scott and jim's cards are that's kind of how i'm going to attack it personally with my props um so yeah just throwing that out there right and don't chase things right uh for me the most the, the best i've done with props is letting the props come come to me instead of me going to the props uh, but one thing you got to look at, uh, the Bengals are giving up a lot of sacks. And even though they've won every game and they're in the Super Bowl, each week we've bet the over on a sack total and we cash, cash money. Week number one against the Raiders, they won that game. Max Crosby, it was 0.5. We won. Tennessee, I didn't even know who were the linebackers or defensive linemen for Tennessee. They don't blitz much. But Jim gave me a name, and I know Jim knows what he's talking about. I took the name and I cashed a tick. <laughs> and then I asked Jim last week, what do you think about Kansas City? He was Melvin Ingram or Chris Jones. I go, and I see the Melvin Ingram is 0.5. Right? 0.5. 
uh, plus 175. Now, Chris Jones was 0.5 minus 150. I said, I'm going to go Melvin Ingram. Boom, Melvin Ingram is that. So you got got to let the prop come to you instead of you chasing. And uh, the way we look at it, right, highest and best use of your time. Don't bet the coin flip, right? You get the coin flip back wrong, you're in uh, a bad mood, right? And I'll ask you guys too, uh, which is a good question about sports betting. We'll get into it. How do you guys watch the games, right? Because I've watched it both extremes. Uh, I've watched it with a lot of people at a sports bar, having a good time. One time I was very excited for the Super Bowl. I get to that party and I end up talking to a drop dead gorgeous girl for the whole Super Bowl. I didn't watch the game. <laughs> Other times I've watched sports and I am like that guy in the basement with a bottle of tequila and a cigar, just watching the game, just gripping the game and getting mad. <laughs> so I've done that too. <laughs> now, um, you know, it's like Godfather 2 or 3 or whatever it was where he goes, oh, every time I go, I try to leave, I get sucked back in. Right. I remember one time I was so sick. I had an intentional assessment uh, um, the intestines, right? Uh, uh, it was a bad infection in my intestines. And I was literally sick for a month. And when I was at my sickest point, I was delusional on the couch on a Sunday, talking to nobody. If something happened in the Dallas game, suddenly my phone broke up. <laughs> I'm not watching football, but boom, the thing comes up. So uh, our system is for you to laugh while you're watching the game. Uh, so even though the coin flip is crazy, I do have a strategy on the national anthem, right? That's why collaboration is important. Anna hates football. Anna doesn't, you know, however, uh, she has a strategy that I've come up with with her about the national anthem that we'll talk about next week. And we've gotten the national anthem right the last five years. The overrun there in national anthem. There's a strategy to it. We'll give it away. But that'll be next week. This week, we'll get into the game. Uh, first, we'll talk about uh, Cincinnati versus the Rams defense, right? Chad has been talking to me since I met him last year. And his first words to come out of his mouth were, hey, well, hey, nice to meet you. It was Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. <laughs> he was telling me about Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Um, you know, him and his brother are going to be Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Because they have, uh, and it's in the league, and it's going around the league now. Philadelphia did it. Uh, Miami did it to some extent where uh, Stafford and, and Cup are doing it in a way where guys are working out with each other all year long and getting that rapport 
and drafting guys that they went to college with, right? Big huge part of Cincinnati's success is the rapport Burrow has with Jamar Chase. So how do, how do you think that's going to work against the Rams defense, Chad? Man, I really think they're going to have trouble with that D-line with, from the Rams. Um, you know, I still think they will make a few plays. They will get their plays in. But, I mean, if, if Tennessee's D-line and Kansas City's D-line were getting some pressure and getting sacks, I just – I cannot see Burrow having a lot of time in this game, and I cannot see Jamar Chase having a lot of time to get downfield. Um, you know, I, I think it's really reminiscent of last year when the Chiefs starting right – it was a right or left tackle couldn't go from game time and was out, and we just saw Patrick Mahomes – running for his life, still made some amazing plays, but he just – he didn't have the time. They just didn't have the protection. They just weren't able to, um, you know, to get it done. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's really – what I, I, I'm seeing – I think it's going to be similar to that and just, I mean, with Floyd and Darnold, Donald and Vaughn Miller. I mean, these guys are – these guys are going to be on these – when. If, you know, they're going to have to run the ball successfully because if they get in passing downs, known passing downs, these guys are going to pin their ears back and they're going to be all over them. So yeah. uh, that, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and I'm, what, what do you think, uh, Scott? So I'm also thinking, you know, I, I read over Jim's notes and, and I'm I, in the same mindset as him. I believe the Rams are going to play zone. And, and I think that they're going to, uh, you know, I, I don't think McVeigh has a trust in the second cornerback for the Rams. He, Ramsey completely trusts, but I think Williams, the second cornerback, he doesn't trust. So I, I think what the Rams are going to do in the secondary is play zone. And I think they're going to make – so look at Burrow's stats against zone. And I, I think that's that's going to be a key to the game in terms of how he handles the zone. Because yeah. I, I think he is going to have to be rolling out a little bit. I think the Rams' defensive line is going to get to him. So I think he's going to be on the run. And I think the key to anything is Burrow running. How much is he going to run on Sunday, next Sunday? Um, yeah. That's also going to be another key to look at. He surprised it. me, right? I didn't think he was going to match Mahomes running. Yeah. Chad, you worked out with him, right? He, he looked I mean, pretty good running the ball. He can run. I mean, he, he's, he's uh, you know, done the speed training stuff. He understands. He, 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 can, um, he, he can run a legit 4-7 laser. So, I mean, I – you know, four seven flat on a laser. He he can definitely move. So I I would uh, I mean straight line. He's faster than Mahomes for sure in a forty yard dash. So uh, I, I mean he he definitely can move. You know, and if they, I agree with Scott. I think that they will see a lot of zone. I do think they will mix in some man, but yeah. I guarantee that Ramsey will follow Jamar Chase wherever he goes, whatever side in the slot. Um. I, I expect in man you will see Ramsey going wherever Jamar Chase goes, and I think it would be really dumb of a scheme to not do that. Like you just said, why would you put your second corner or third corner on a guy like that? That's just a matchup that you can control. So, And, and I think when Chase is not matched up against Ramsey in the small pots he's not, I think what the Rams will do will give help to that corner over yeah. the top. So I think they're going to push the Cincinnati offense back toward the line of scrimmage and not deep. You know how Burrow likes to take that one or two shots deep. I don't think that's going to happen in this game. I think Burrow's going to have to get everything underneath, which means, you know, Uzama's out, might be out for them. Tyler Boyd might play a little bit of bigger role in this game than he usually does in terms of catches. 
Um, but I, I just think the Rams are going to force the Bengals to play short, methodical drives like they did with Brady in the Tampa game. Make them go the length of the field in as, as much time as possible and be patient. So I would seriously take a look at Burrow against zone th- this week and see wh- how he does against zone defenses because I think that's predominantly what he's going to see. Yeah, we'll have some of that film next week. We get yep. Jim in here. We'll yep. have Burrow get zone. And uh, have you guys ever been to a spin class? A what? A spin class? Yeah. Never. Never. Well, you check. Never. No, I got I older, right? I had to go to spin classes because that's the only way I could lose weight. So uh, now it's becoming popularized. It, it ended up, at, Chad knows what I'm talking about, uh, Black Mountain Road in San Diego. It was a 24-hour fitness. And it seems when you're walking around San Diego, that's against the law for a girl not to be hot. So you have all these hot girls, right? Now they do it with Peloton. And then you would have this drop-dead instructor. You'd be so motivated to go to this big class. But the way I'm relating to this game are the older guys, uh, Von Miller and the Hall of Famer defensive line. Darnold, right? Uh, when you're in the spin class, you know, they start up at four, go to four, go to four, go to seven, go to 10, go back to seven. Guys like Von Miller and um, the Hall of Famer, the other guy, Darnold, uh, Donald, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing at seven regular season. At spots in the playoffs, they play at 10, but not the whole game. Super Bowl, since there's no tomorrow, no other playoff game, they're going to be at 10 the whole game, right? Against a bad uh, Cincinnati Bengal offensive line that uh, they might not be bad in this game, but these guys have played so long that they will be able to make uh, the adjustments to whatever adjustments is an Annie makes, right? So Joe Burrow will get the film. I've been working on the film. Three-step drop, quick passes. Chase is big. The thing with Jalen Ramsey is going to be emotional control, right? He lost. You make the most money with emotional intelligence. And he lost his emotional intelligence getting in the face of Robbie Gold after he made that field after halftime. Right, uh, because it's a seven billion dollar stadium. We keep putting five billion when they put the graphics. Uh, Turner Construction hired me as a consultant to help the minority people have a plan after the construction of the stadium, SoFi Stadium. And I got information from people that know that it's seven billion dollars, not five. They're just embarrassed because they ran over to. So with seven billion dollars. That's why the refs did not call the taunting penalty <laughs> at Jalen Ramsey. Now, the Super Bowl is a whole different thing. Tolbert, the least amount of penalties for a reason is in that game uh, to let him play, let the Rams play. <laughs> because that's going to be a super monitor. Monet- the Rams are in line by winning the Super Bowl for what they call supersizing their fans with a Super Bowl win. Again, this is a business, $16 billion business. The LA market is a $20 trillion market. 
with a T. The United States, 136 trillion. Russia, 1.5 trillion. That's why they have to go to war, get their guys killed to expand their market because we're 136 times bigger than them. China, they say, in a decade can get to the United States. I really doubt that. The real numbers from China, you don't get. But for us, it's okay. The, the, the league is classified, same way the WWE is classified, as an entertainment company, not a sporting company. So what, what does that mean, Josh? It means it's legal for the refs to make decisions in the best monetary instinct of the league. So Jalen Ramsey can't put his hands on uh, Jamar Chase. It'll be interesting how he handles that. Uh, back to the analogy with the spin class at 10, I think Joe Nixon's going to be out of 10. Mm -hmm. And we saw that last week with P. Ryan. So you start getting props. I like the over maybe, right? We'll talk about it. Over P. Ryan. Because he did what I remember in Florida high school, just a Florida mentality. He ran with no block. <laughs> he had like a 30-yard run. Out of pure emotion, he wanted to go to the Super Bowl. He's going to bring that again, right? That's why the Super Bowl is different than any other game. Because everybody's at, at 10, right? Uh, Jack Youngblood, back in the day when I was a kid, he played the whole Super Bowl with a broken leg. <laughs> right? People do that. So, uh, quick passes, three-step drops. Maybe there's not a hole there, but Nixon and Piran are going to go for extra yards on pure effort. So, what I think is going to decide the game is if, if Stafford turns the ball over like he did against Tampa Bay in the 49ers. Then you can have a Kansas City situation. It's like with Mahomes turned it over. And really what Andy Reid did at the end with the coaching decision was like a turnover, right? He should just keep the field of goal the way he does all his life or come up with a play he knew was going to work, right? So Tyreek Hill tried the extra effort, but he wasn't that big. Uh, what do you guys think when the Rams have the ball? So Cooper Cup's been automatic almost all year long. Eight of the last nine games, he's, he's hit 95 yards or more. Um, you know, he, he's, he's in this, he's in the anywhere from the six reception to the 10 reception uh, type of game every game. I don't know if the Bengals have a, have a remedy for him to stop him. Um, I think Odell Beckham is going to play huge in this game. I think the Rams are going to have to throw again, to be honest with you. I think the same game plan has to be in effect this game as last game, which is set up the uh, run by passing the ball. So, and as I said before, we, we came on. Uh, I don't think Stafford's really had a great postseason. He's eight touchdowns and one interception, but I think his decision-making has not been really great. Uh, you know, second half against Tampa Bay, he took his foot off the pedal. They were up 27-3, allowed Tampa to come back, along with the fumbles that Akers created. Right. San Francisco – they were down most of that game until the fourth quarter. So he was not playing really well. He was not throwing the, he was not throwing touchdowns. He's not throwing the ball down the field. Um, you know, I said to you before also that the video that you sent on staff at preseason um, has stuck in my mind all year long. And, you know, there's no weather factor. There's no nothing. 
he's got he'll have the crowd on the side. They're at SoFi. They're in Los Angeles. Um, but he didn't play well last week against San Francisco. I give San Francisco credit, but I also think that he's not playing great right now. Just the talent around him is carrying him right now. Right. So that's something to really watch for in this game is, is how does he come out? How does he play? Does he play tight? Does he play? Uh, is he loose? You know, he's going to throw the cup. Is he going to get Beckham involved early? He might not have Higby as tight ends so they're going to tight end number two. Um, he's hurt. Bland. He, he's yeah, Higby really is hurt. hurt. He, I would think he's not playing on the Super Bowl Sunday. I would think it's going to be their backup tight end, which is a hit to them a little bit. You know, it's a hit to them a little bit. Um, so I think Cooper Cup's going to have to carry them in this game for them to win this game on offense. So that's why I think the under is going to hit on this. I, I agree with, with you. I think I think this is going to be a lower scoring Super Bowl, I think. So. Yeah, when you look at Higby, that's why it's good to go to training camp. Because when you look at him, he doesn't look like a guy who can last the whole season. He just looks yeah. like a regular dude, you know, yeah. versus and, uh, and, the football player. And the thing I put on Twitter, you know, I went to Patriots training camp a couple of days. I, you know, I didn't wasn't high on Cam Newton. You know, he wasn't throwing the ball really well. Sure enough, he gets cut in the preseason. There's a reason why. Um, so, you know, that video that you sent, like I said, has resonated in me throughout the whole year in Stafford. In terms of he has he can't put zip on the ball except that one Cooper Cup pass, but that was even a lollipop too against Tampa Bay. So right, no, hundred percent. So that's my now, Chad. You worked out with Cam Newton. Uh, who are the Rams have you worked out with, and what do you think about that assessment? Uh, Jim made a good point, and I always look at this because in the air raid, you you look at the defense, right? And obviously Stafford is looking at a lot of films with Cooper Cup. They came out that Cooper Cup loves to sit with quarterbacks and watch film. That's why he's so good. Uh, St. Cup is a man beater and that uh, Odell Beckham is a zone beater. So in the air raid, you kind of read the defense or the man of zone, you run your route and you look for the ball. So that's the way uh, Jim is seeing how they're going to run that air raid. Mm-hmm. It's doing that. What are your thoughts, Chad? You worked out with Cam Newton too. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know anyone there. I, I know. I know Terrell Burgess, uh, a DB for them. I, I I played against his older brother. He went to San Marcos High School, our rival high school. Oh, nice. I lived in San Marcos. Terrell Burgess was. He was younger than me. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I. I, I really think Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham are going to be heavy in this game plan. Um, I haven't looked at any prop numbers yet or where their totals are at. Um, but, I mean, I think for the, Ram- the Rams' offensive success is going to come through Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham um, and then a little, you know, Cam Akers running the ball. So, I mean, yeah, I, I really I, – I agree with Scott. I mean, I would look heavy at, at Cup and, and Beckham um, – you know, those guys are guys that can win in man. They can win in zone. Um, they, they, you know, they, they're great at catching the ball. They, they are security blankets for, you know, Stafford and his soon-to-be pea shooter of an arm. So <laughs> I, I, I think, um, you know, Scott hit on the head there. I think those two guys um, I would take a hard look at. And then I also think, yeah, I mean, it, it this – I don't, I don't see a uh, very high scoring game here. Um, 
you know, I, I see the Rams probably getting to about 24, maybe, um, max here. And yeah, I mean, I see this game staying under, you know, under 45, under, under probably 40, 43. I mean, somewhere in that range is where I see this, this game landing at like a, like a 21 to 14 or 24 to 17, something like that. Right. So I 100% agree. And when you talk about the air race, right, people think it is a wide open offense, which it can be, but it also can be ball control offense, which in a Super Bowl situation, right, these guys are control freaks or whatever. They want to control it. And then you have Cooper Cup. There you see Higby, right? You're looking at Higby, whatever, over here. They just look like we're going guys. This guy's a coach who looks kind of harder, bigger than he is, right? So they're, they're looking where they're snapping the ball. And this is what, one of the Rams' patterns. So Cooper Cup in the slot. Right now, this is going to be Odell Beckham or, or, or Red Jefferson. in my mouth. So noticing with this with the Rams all day. He's, he's going to the middle of the field. He's getting attention by these two guys. And then boom, on, on a delay, right? Uh, either the running back came in, Chris would come out. We can even see a tight end come out, come out there. And you saw that with the flea flicker. All he did was run this play. The guys go, he runs out, he gives it back to him, he gives it back to, to the, the player. Boom. 87. Uh, and it's exactly what Jim's talking about, right? Uh, you notice Cup right here running the straight route, which will be for a man type of situation. And then 87 doing a slant or stop. Odell Beckham's probably back there, the number two slot, where number two was. Here they're running the, the hurry up in the sun. Gonna get a hurry up, hurry up offense. They're practicing it and training camp. So number two is kind of like the old Del Beckham part. Action Jackson was there. He was like number one, right? In good old Irvine, California. Did you get another play? We'll go into more film study next next week. But and, and the one thing you notice about those receivers is what we say about Deshaun Jackson, he's too fast for Stafford. These guys are not too fast for Stafford. They're they're not slow and lumbering, but they're not also speed demons. So right. they have football speed, but Stafford can get them the ball. So that that's the other thing that that has led to his his somewhat success is those guys are slower runners, but better route runners. And Stafford knows where they're going to be to get them the ball. So, exactly. So, timing is everything, right? There are picks you make right now. There's picks you've already made, right? When the line came out Sunday, and there's pick you make next Friday. We talk about props. You listen to it and you make the pick right away. And then there's picks you make right after the coin toss. I've seen huge line changes. 
And right now I'm thinking I want to get in the middle on the over-under. I took the under uh, 48 and a half, right? And what's it at now? Let me take a look here. It's still 48 and a half. Still 48 and a half. And the side yeah. is still four. Or you're saying some places look five, right? MGM, it's four and a half right now. Okay. But everybody else has four. So. Right. And, and I always say, right, uh, when talking to people, especially people who watch as much football as Scott has, Scott, right off the jump, was Cincinnati. And Cincinnati should have lost to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. The reason they won was uh, the turnover by um, their, the, the Raiders quarterback. Uh, the reason they beat the Titans was because of Tannehill <laughs> turning the ball three times. And then uh, they beat Kansas City because of all the mistakes Kansas City made. Mm-hmm. Time management of all things, which Andy Reid's an expert at. And uh, with the Mahomes turnover in the second half. Now they're playing a Rams team. Stafford has turned the ball over a lot, starting with the Ravens games. Yep. If they get a couple turnovers, um, I like him at plus five. What do you think, Scott, in the chat? So I'm going to split the middle with this with this thing. I agree with Jim. You know, the Bengals get in the red zone and they stall. So they're kicking right. field goals, which is going to lead me to take the under. The under is going to hit for sure. Um, I'm going to take the, uh, the Rams on the money line, and I'm going to take the Bengals with the points. I think this game is going up even more. So I, I think Stafford's going to make those one or two mistakes that are going to keep Cincinnati hanging around for the entire ball game. Um, make no mistake, the Rams have talent all over the field, defense, offense, um, stuff like that. But the ultimate weapon for the Bengals is this kicker. He can hit this, hit the ball field goal at any place on that field. On the time. Inside of 50 yards. So, and he has swag and confidence like you wouldn't believe. He, he knows he's going to get field goals. Yep. So I think the Bengals have that weapon in their back pocket saying, this guy's going to hit the field goal if we could just get him in range. So um, I like the Rams to win the game. Uh, I think their offense is going to do just enough. But I think the Bengals are going to hang around. So I take the Bengals with the points, and I'll take the under in this game. Right. And, Make and no have- mistake, the Bengals have ta- offense, talent, all over the field. I just think that defense is not going to get it done enough for them. Well, their offensive line, you got to be good in the offensive line. Yeah. The offensive line is horrible. Right. Uh, pass block. Right. Right. If they so can hold so long enough, they can give the Rams, they they can maybe win this game if they can hold long enough. But if, I if they get a couple it. of turnovers, if they can get a pick yeah. six from Stafford, and then because yeah. they like to hold the ball too, right? Right. Uh, Zach Taylor is he's married to uh, Mike Sherman's wife, who's the coach of Green Bay, the Begate Mark Holmgren, yeah, uh, the Begate uh, Andy Reid, the Begate Joe Rude, the Joe uh, John Gruden, and McVeigh's from the Gruden Creek. So there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of similarities in the defense you're going to play. And I think that gives Cincinnati a shot. What do you think, Chad? I'll give you one more after Chad goes, too. No. It just popped in. Um, 
Yeah. Evan I, McPherson. That's his the name. Under, under, the I kicker. Think, yep. I think this game goes under if the Bengals win. I think it goes under if the Rams win. I think it goes under if the Rams blow them out. So there's um, no correlation. That's a good point. That we didn't talk about a lot this year. I think we would have, should have. It would have helped our total. But you're right. There's no correlation in this Some games there are. I don't think yeah. there's no correlation. No, I don't. I don't think similarity there's similarity of I think the Bengals can win this one. It can go under. I think the Rams can win it. It goes under. I think the Rams could blow them out 31 to 7, 30, 31, right, right. 10, and it goes under in all three of those scenarios. So I think the under is, is, is a great, is, is great play. Um, I'm torn right now between playing the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win the game. I like the Rams to win this one. I'm torn between playing the Rams on the money line and playing a balloon line um, with the Bengals or just taking uh, the Rams minus four. I will say I'm leaning to just take the Rams with the points. I think the Rams will win this one by a touchdown. Um, I, I, I like the Rams by seven here. So that's, um, you know, I got another week to, to kind of take in more information and, um, you know, get, get, I'm not, I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to clutter my brain, just kind of let, let it come information come, but that's where I'm at right now. Um, I don't think I like the Rams to win. You know, I, I, I think, taking the Rams on the money line and the Bengals with the points is a very good strategy. I think that could be very profitable. I wouldn't turn anyone away from that or uh, say that that's not a good play. Um, I'm just looking uh, possibly I'm leaning to take the Rams with the points because I just think the Rams are going to do just enough to win the game by a touchdown or six points, two field goals, you know, six, seven points. So um, that that's where I'm at right now. And the yeah, I don't want thing, to bring up bad memories, Scott. Go ahead, Scott. And the other thing I'm looking at is Bengals second half money line. Yeah, that's, that, that's another thing I'm looking at too. The tendency for them in the playoffs has been to come out and shut down teams. Whatever adjustments they make at halftime, this is an even longer halftime. You got great usual. Yeah. yeah, this is an even longer halftime than usual. And the one point that we haven't made yet is these two head coaches know each other backwards, forwards, inside out. They both. Yeah, we just uh, talked about it. They come from the same coaching yeah, tree. Same, same coaching tree. Taylor was a, was an assistant under McVay for a year or two, so he knows his tendencies. McVay knows Taylor's tendencies, um, so that could play into effect in this game too. So, but his I, I'm wife's, hard. His wife's yep. his in-laws. The dad is one of the founders of the West Coast office. Yeah, <laughs> both these guys pretty much run kind of combined with the area. Uh, the thing is that um, that second half line, Cincinnati looks good from the get go. Because of what you're saying that those those second half adjustments, and that the Rams are going to feel comfortable in the beginning of the game. The other thing is, I don't want to bring up bad memories for Scott, but the Bucky death factor that oh. we see all the time. Uh, and that's what came into my mind when I saw Tamatre P. Ryan from the University of Florida. Yeah. All effort on that 41 yard reception. Yeah. Right. All effort. And that play could happen. You know, like the Mike Allstat play where it was all effort because that's what he did. He had no blocking, 
Uh, didn't even know what play it was. He was out there with a bunch of defenders, and he just, you know, got in himself, right? I was going to use a bad cliche I hate the corporate people use. I'm not, not going to use it. But uh, he was a 10 on that play when I, when I talk about the spin class. Yeah. And he made people miss tackles. Uh, just heart and soul effort for 41 yards. And I thought that was a big difference in the game. I really, yeah, I really did think that. Uh, so, yeah, no, I like the Rams on the money line. Pick them now, right? So yeah. right now you would go yeah. Rams money line now where you're getting a good number. And then I, what I would prefer is for the line to balloon to eight right before kickoff, which we've seen happen right before kickoff. People put the Rams. But I like the Rams money line because Mr. Tolbert, not going to call many flags, but when he does, it's going to be in the Rams' favor. I would hate for P. Ryan to break 10 tackles and get it called back for holding. Exactly. But that is going to happen exactly one time. Exactly. All right. So we'll close with that. Then we'll come back next week with props. All right, guys, final words. I'm looking forward to next Friday. I mean, Jim's going to be joining us, so that'll that'll give us an added extra extra uh, brain to to pick over this game. Um, listen to him closely. He he's really good. He spot was spot on last week. He was really spot on with everything. So, you know, I don't just hit him up for fantasy stuff. It's also NFL and betting stuff too, like we do on this podcast. So, uh, he gives the information, and we pick the games. Yep. You give him a few games, he gives us a few games. Yep. Uh, but he did report last year that his bankroll kind of got fat, just betting equal amounts on our college basketball picks. So I want to do a repeat of that. What, what do you think, Chad? Chad's going to give him Missouri Valley picks. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, transition into the, the props this week, um, start going heavier on the props and – hear uh you know what uh, all you uh scott and jim have to say and uh you know put put together my super bowl card so i'm i'll be uh looking at some of that stuff this week and get getting ready for uh friday i'll give you a site josh remember how you talked about at the beginning of this podcast how there's many many props yeah go to a site called prizepicks.com okay they have every day punts third down conversions fourth down conversions they have everything on there that you need so if you're a heavy prop better, that's a site to look at, um, you know. And but if you're not a heavy prop better, don't stress yourself. Yeah. Don't bet don't. on the coin toss. Don't right. bet if there's going to be a streaker <laughs> running through the, the thing, you know. It sounds like you're talking to me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> don't bet. Yeah, yeah, what I'm talking to. Have you seen Have you seen Belladine play, Chad? <laughs> you haven't that seen him, mean. don't bet him. Beller dying. Beller mean, you second English second language. <laughs> now I know they're in Tennessee. There's, there's no many props. We have not seen them play. There's many props out there. Don't fall into the trap of betting as many as many that you're not sure about. Yeah, we're because... doing 10, right? You do the size of total. Yep. You might be yep. five sides of that. And then eight props, right? Yeah, I probably won't even do eight. I'll probably do more like four or five myself. I'll keep it a little lighter. Yeah, I'm probably going to do closer to 10 because I know Jim's going to send us some stuff on props this week. He usually does. So I'm, I'm sure I'm going to take a look yeah, at that. Yeah, things pop up, out. right? You know, yeah. like P. Ryan over, right? Yep. If it, if it to call, call back. Uh, 
sometimes it was easy. I remember, uh, you know, I don't even, I put have the game on mute. So I haven't listened to Tony Romo commentate at all. But there was a prop one year, Tony Romo was doing the Super Bowl, uh, over under on cliches. I think it was like 30. <laughs> and he gave like 35, I'm sure, right? Right, right. And then another lock, and we'll close to Winston Churchill, uh, was was Shakira and J-Lo going to twerk. Oh, that was a <laughs> that was a lock on that. I think Miley Cyrus was there. So <laughs> there won't be one this year. <laughs> right. And then um We'll close with this. And then we'll go with Winston Churchill. There was a national anthem, and we heard through the grapevine the person doing the, the national anthem had a coke prop, right? So that's the under. They want to get through. They're a speed person. They want to get through that anthem quick. So we'll do some research on who is doing the national anthem. We might not be able to share all the information, but we'll give you at least, right, the hot locks, there's no such thing as a lock. Highest low probability of anything happening is 80%. Yep. So we, there's an 80% probability that out of the 10 or 11 picks we give you, you're going to get six or seven right, right? Uh, and make a profit. And we give it all away for free. We're not like action sports that charges you $300 a month giving you bogus statistics, analytics, blah, blah, blah. We don't charge for any pick. Every single pick we give out is free. Listen, you might be saying Action Sports is 200 next year because if people listen to this podcast, they're going away from them and to us. So, Yeah, because how much statistics and information you need we're giving you here is kind of overlooked, right? Right. Uh, Analysis by paralysis. Information overload. You just need the key statistics, uh, pattern recognition, and sound decision-making, decision science. Identify the problem, uh, eliminate variables and covariables, apply math, apply regular logic to get to the answer. But Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC podcast. That's why this podcast costs $800 and that costs $200. And I don't know what that costs, that gets shit to work. That's why I wear good shoes and roll my butt and I get a limousine.